Happy Monday, everybody. Everybody loves a Monday. Hope your day so far is uh, good and your week is off to a great start. If it's not, maybe we can lighten things up a little bit with an old-time radio comedy. Hi, this is Bob Bro. Welcome to the best old-time radio podcast for Monday, April the 5th, 2021. And as always, we are going to uh, try to make things a little lighter, make things a little funny. Chester uh, picked out this show uh, for today, and it's a good one. Thank you, Chester. You, uh, you actually outdid yourself on this one, because this is one of my favorite episodes. And uh, we spent a little bit of time listening to it yesterday and uh, making some comments. So I, I, I hope you enjoy it. We'll tell you all about it in just a minute. But what it's time for you to do right now is to get over in that big easy chair, get your feet up, relax, uh, maybe get yourself a little snack, a little something to drink, and just let the cares of the day drift away. Because we are coming right back at you with this Monday's old-time radio comedy. Monday, Monday. Can't trust that day. Monday, Monday. Potentious or polite Ready tomorrow Comedy tonight <laughs> Now it's time to have some fun With uh, our comedy corner And tonight we're going back to Beverly Hills To visit with Jack Benny and the gang Been a while since we've uh, had a Benny show on And I've had folks uh, Emailing me saying Where's Jack Benny? Well, we can't go too many weeks without uh, having one of these great shows. This one is one of the early ones from CBS. This was broadcast on October the 9th in 1949. And it's a great story. (laughs) Jack uh, loses his memory, and it's explained how that happened very early in the show. A lot of good stuff in this one, so relax and enjoy. Here's the Jack Benny Show from October the 9th, 1949, Jack's Memory is Lost. The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. The Lucky Strike Program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, last week, 
While Jack was taking inventory in his pantry, a big can of tomato juice fell off the shelf and hit him on the head. Since then, Jack hasn't been himself, and Mary is terribly worried. So now we take you to Mary's home in Beverly Hills. Oh, Miss Livingston, I just called Dennis Day, and he'll be right over. Good. Did you call Don Wilson? Uh-huh. And did you call Phil Harris? Oh, yes. I called him twice. <laughs> twice? Pauline, why didn't you give him the message the first time? I couldn't. He picked up the phone and went right into That's What I Like About the South. <laughs> he would. Oh, I think Mr. Harris is wonderful. I wish there was some subtle way I could get him to kiss me. Well, I... <laughs> well, I can help you, Pauline. When Mr. Harris is here, come into the room with a cork in your mouth. <laughs> He'll pull it out and have you up to his lips before he knows what he's doing. Gee, Miss Livingston, do you think it'll work? Are you kidding? It'd even work with my sister, babe. <laughs> now, Pauline, you better go in the kitchen and... Oh, I'll get that. Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Mary. Hiya, Livy. Hello, boys. Come on in. Oh, say, Mary, that call sounded quite urgent. What happened? Yeah, what's up, Liv? Well, I'm worried about Jack. Last week, while he was taking inventory in his pantry, a big can of tomato juice hit him on the head. And since then, he's been spending money like mad. Wait, wait. <laughs> wait just a minute. Hold. Look, Mary, the, uh, the acoustics ain't so good in here. Would you mind throwing that again? <laughs> I said since Jack got hit on the head, he's been spending money. Jackson? Yes. Whose? His. No. Yes. Well, heavens to Max Factor. That old man has blown his top. Phil, this is no laughing matter. Will you please sit down? Well, the chairs are taken. He can sit on my lap. Pauline, you're not supposed to be in here. Now, boys, the question is, what are we going to do about Jack? Nothing. Why tamper with a slot machine when it's paying off? <laughs> Phil, this is nothing to joke about. I'm really worried. I'm worried, too. I didn't sleep a wink. I walked the streets all night. You did? Yeah, my folks moved and didn't tell me where. <laughs> well, I wouldn't worry about it, Dennis. I'm sure it was just an oversight. Some oversight. It's the fifth time they did it this month. <laughs> Dennis, keep quiet. Am I heavy, Pauline? Phil, get off her lap. <laughs> Now, kids, I talked to the doctor, and he said the reason Jack is spending money is because when the can hit him on the head, it caused a quilobum caribri compressit. Quilobum caribri compressit? What's that? That's Latin for hand me the jug, Gremley. It's cold outside. <laughs> well, there's no use talking to you, Phil. Well, you can talk to me, Mary. I know how serious it can be. My mother once hit my father over the head, and he was unconscious for two days. For two days? What'd she hit him with? Me. <laughs> with you? She kept hitting him and hitting him. Dennis. Oh, boy, could the Dodgers have used her. <laughs> Dennis, please. Now, come on, kids. I think it's time we got started for Jack's house. Okay, Mary, let's go. Rochester, Rochester. Hello, boss. I let you sleep late because I thought it would help you cold. Uh, and besides, I... Well, where'd you get that bathrobe? That's a beauty. Oh, I bought it yesterday. Of course, it's nothing fancy, but 
What can you expect for $250? for a bathrobe. And Rochester, send my old one to Fred Allen. And you uh, better put a sandwich in each pocket. He's out of work. Well, I think I'll go back to my room and get dressed. I want to do a little shopping before the gang gets here for rehearsal. But, boss, you've been shopping every day this week. Oh, that was just to pick up a few antiques. Antiques? You mean that spin wheel in the living room is only for ornamental purposes? Yes, why? When you came home with it, I ran to the backyard and planted cotton. (laughs) Now, Rochester, stop being silly. You have enough work to do around here. I have? Certainly. Now that I think of it, you can have the evening off. Gee, thanks, boss. I think I'll call my girl Susie and take her out. Well, that's a good idea. Rochester, here's $20. Show her a good time. Here, take it. $20? But... No, no, Rochester, I want you to have it. Now, you take that money and go out and have a... Oh, Rochester, you've got tears in your eyes. (laughs) I can't help it, boss. You haven't been so nice to me since I was in bed with pneumonia. Rochester. You felt so sorry for me, you only made me work half days. What are you talking about? Don't you remember, boss? You used to pick me up at the hospital every day at noon. I don't remember that. Well, I'm going to put my clothes on. See you later. da da dee da 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 dee da 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 Mm-hmm. $20. Well, I tell Susie about this. I'm going to call her right now. Hello? Hello, Susie. This is Rochester. Oh, hello, Rochester. I was hoping you'd call. Well, honey, I got tonight off and we'll really do the town. What? I'll pick you up in a taxi. We'll go to a restaurant for champagne cocktails and a big steak dinner and then we'll go dancing. Rochester, are you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. It ain't me, it's the boss. Mr. Benny? Well, what's the matter with him? I don't know, but it's lovely. Lovely! (laughs) Rochester, what are you talking about? Well, it's a long story, but I just got $20 from Mr. Benny. Rochester, now you untie that man and give it right back to him. No, no, honey, he gave it to me. He gave it to me. Now, look, Susie, I haven't seen you all week, and I feel kind of romantic today, so after dinner, I'll take you to Mulholland Drive, and we'll watch the sunset. Watch the sunset? Oh, Rochester, by the time we have dinner, we won't get to Mulholland Drive until it's pitch dark. Yeah. Mr. Benny, uh, I'll see you tonight. Okay, Rochester. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> well, Rochester, I'm ready to leave. Uh, what'll I tell you, Cass, when they come here for rehearsal? Oh, I'll be back before they get here. I'm only going down. I'll answer that. Hello? No April showers. Make them Bell. They bring the flowers. Bell. Mel, uh, don't get mad, Mr. Benny. I didn't want to call you up for a job again, but my wife made me do it. Don't be such an apologetic schnook, Melvin. Tell him how important you are. 
Well, look, Desdemona. Maybe I'd better not aggravate him. Well, if you won't tell him, I will. Give me that phone. Hello, Benny? <laughs> Who are you? I'm Mrs. Blank, Melvin's wife, and my Mel is doing you a favor by wanting to appear on your program. Look, Mrs. Blank. My Melvin is very talented, and he almost got a big part in a very important picture. What picture? Josephine sings again. <laughs> now cut that off! <laughs> now look, Mel. Mel, I've got a part for you on my program. If you'll just stop with those silly imitations. Now, come to rehearsal at my house in an hour. Oh, gee, thanks. I can use the 30 bucks. $30? Is that all you're getting? Well, Mel, from now on, I'm going to give you 100 Is that all right, Mel? <laughs> Mel? <laughs> Mel? I don't know what you said to my husband, but he just swallowed his upper plate. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Goodbye. Now, Rochester, Rochester, you better have some food for the gag when they come for rehearsal. Yes, sir. I'm going out now, do a little more shopping. I'll be back soon. Mm-mm. That, uh, what a change has come over that man. It's hard to believe that being hit on the head with a can of tomato juice could cause quail, lobum, caribri, compress it. I don't know what that means, but you've got to live in Beverly Hills to have it. <laughs> Well, I better get some food ready for the... Now, who can that be? Oh, hello, hello Rochester. Rochester. Oh, hello, everybody. Come on in. Come on in. Rochester, we came over a little early so we could all... Say, wait a minute. What's that can of tomato juice doing on the piano? That's the one that hit Mr. Benny on the head. The newsreels want to take pictures of it. <laughs> take pictures of that? Yeah, that little old can put more money into circulation than the Marshall Plan. <laughs> Rochester, is Mr. Benny here? No, he went to do some more shopping. He'll be back soon, though. Shopping again today? I wonder what he's buying this time. Well, what do you think of this one, sir? Well, it, it doesn't look bad, but uh, I'd like something a little larger. Well, I'm sorry, sir, but this is the largest yacht we have. <laughs> Well, it, it is the best-looking one I've seen. I'm sure you'll find it most satisfactory. Yes, it's yes. 48 feet long and has a cruising speed of 18 knots an hour. Good, good. It sure looks nice. Uh, tell me, mister, what are these? Uh, they're diesels. Oh. And what are dozels? I mean, what are... <laughs> I mean, what, uh, what are diesels? Uh, diesels are engines. Uh -huh. And you'll find this type very reliable on long voyages. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Would this boat be able to go to Hawaii? Oh, certainly, sir. A trip to Hawaii would be nothing for a yacht like this. Well, that's fine. See, I'll be sending it over there quite often. Oh, business? No, but there may be another strike, and I love fresh pineapple. What? <laughs> <laughs> why worry about another strike now? We'll cross that bridges when we come to it. <laughs> now, uh... Oh, mister... Mister, why are you leaning over the rail? I, uh, dropped my fountain pen. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, tell me, uh, what's the, uh, what's the price of this yacht? $50,000. That sounds reasonable. I think I'll take it. Well, you're certainly in for a lot of happy, carefree days on this yacht, Mr., uh, uh Mr., uh, Benny. Benny? Yes, yeah, Jack Benny. Jack Benny? 
J A C K B E N N Y. All right, sir, you've had your little joke. Now, what's your name? <laughs> Barbie D. I told you it's Jack Benny. See, I've signed it on this check for $1,000 as a deposit. Well, I'll. Now, here's be... my address. If you'll come over to my house this afternoon with the bill of sale for the yacht. I'll give you the rest of the money. Oh, very good, sir. And by the way, I wish you'd paint the name on the bow. I want to call it the Mary L. after Miss Livingston. Yes, sir. Oh, and one more thing. I intend to anchor my yacht in the San Pedro Harbor. Very good, sir. Shall we truck it down to San Pedro, or will you wait for the rainy season? <laughs> oh, send it down immediately. Yes, sir. I'll be over at your house as soon as I get the papers drawn up. Good day, sir. Goodbye. I have to hurry now. I want to stop at the corner drugstore. Uh, here you are, sir. A tube of toothpaste and a package of razor blades. Will it be anything else? Well, yes. I have a cold that's been bothering me for a couple of weeks. I don't know what to do about it. Well, why not try a four-way cold tablet? Oh, give me an eight-way cold tablet. Money is no object at all. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Benny. Nice seeing you in the bank again. Thank you. How much do you want to deposit today? I don't want to make a deposit. I want to withdraw $50,000. All I said was I want to withdraw $50,000. Where did everybody go? Oh, well. Here you are, sir. 360 North Camden Drive. Thank you, Cabby. That'll be 45 cents, sir. 45 cents, eh? Well, here's a dollar. Keep the change. Thank you. You're quite welcome. Uh, dee -da -dee -da -da. Oh, mister. Mister. What is a driver? Didn't Jack Benny used to live here? Yes, yes. He used to. <laughs> you can't understand people. <laughs> I've been a big star for 18 years. Nobody recognizes me. Oh, darn it, I forgot my key. I hope we finish rehearsal quickly today. There's a little more shopping I want to do. Oh, hello, boss. Everyone's waiting for you in the den. Well, I'll go right in. There's no business. Left. Oh, hello, kids. Hello, hello Jack. Jack. Hello, Mr. Benny. Hiya, Dennis. Uh, Rochester told us you were out shopping again. Yes, yes, Mary. I just bought a yacht, and I'm going to call it the Mary L. after you. You bought what? A yacht. <laughs> Here's a box of candy for you, too, Mary. Uh, thanks. Thanks. I think you'll like this assortment, Mary. This candy, this candy, caramels, fruits, and nuts. Speaking of nuts, Mr. Benny, how are you feeling? <laughs> Dennis! What was that you said, kid? Oh, it was nothing, Jack, nothing. Oh. Well, kids, as long as you're all here, we'll start rehearsing. Now, Dennis, do your song while I hand out the script. Okay. Remember 
wide apart. You're leaving us, low-dying ember. I'll miss you, my love, when you're gone. I wish you joy, no teardrops burn. But if someday you should want to return, please hurry back and we'll make a new start, dear. Till then, you're breaking my Anche tu la veste bianca e schiudi l'uscio al tuo canto. Dennis, very good. Now, Don, the next thing I want to rehearse is the commercial. Uh, Don, is the sportsman quartet here? Well, no, they're not, Jack. You see, this week I prepared just a straight commercial. Why? Well, in that way, you won't need the quartet, and that'll save you $500. Save me $500? Don, are you crazy? When will you ever learn that money was made to spend? I'm ashamed. If there's anything I can't stand, it's a cheapskate. But, Jack, I thought Don, you... I don't care what you thought. Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike pays millions of dollars more than official parity prices for that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. And you have the temerity to try and save me a measly $500. <laughs> But Jack, certainly... Don't but Jack me. <laughs> Don, at auction after auction, Lucky Strike buys tobacco that's smooth, mild, and mellow, out of which they make those Luckies that are so round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. And you, you have the audacity to assume that I'd like to save a lousy $500. Yeah. <laughs> Speedy rigs ought to thrash you to within an inch of your life. But, Jack, now... Don. Don, have you got a fountain pen? Yes. Well, you sit right there at that table and write LSMFT a thousand times. <laughs> Dennis, what are you staring at? I still can't figure it out. 
Can't figure out what? Why my folks keep moving all the time. <laughs> well, that I don't understand at all. Now, let's get on with the rehearsal so we can... Oh, for heaven's sake. What's that can of tomato juice doing on the piano? Uh, Rochester put it there. Yeah, the newsreels will be here any minute. What? Dennis, be quiet. Now, why should a can of tomato juice be here? Oh, Rochester! Rochester! Oh, I'll put it away myself. Excuse me a minute. Can't understand what's the matter with everybody. Don trying to save me money, Mary whispering. Oh, well. Gee, the pantry is full. Oh, there's a little space on this top shelf. If I stand on my tiptoes, I could just... Boss, did you call me? Yes, Rochester. Why did you... Boss, look out! Look out! The cans are falling! <laughs> Rochester, this is all Boss, your fault. Boss, look out! There's another one! <laughs> Ooh. How do you like that? It happened again. Rochester! Rochester, what's going on in here? Jack, Jack, what happened? Jack, are you hurt? Huh? What? What'd you say, Mary? I asked if you were hurt. No, 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 I'm all right. Now, come on, Rochester, let's finish taking this inventory. <laughs> inventory? Jack, you finished that last week. Yeah, we're here for rehearsal. Rehearsal? I don't know what you're all... Rochester, what are you standing around all dressed up for? I got a date. You said I could have the night off. When did I give you the night off? About an hour ago. You even gave me $20 spending money. I? <laughs> I gave you $20? Sure. Here. I'll show it to you. See? <laughs> I should have never taken it out of my pocket. Don, Don, he's back to his old self. Yeah, hit him again, hit him again. Hide him, hide him. Dennis, you keep quiet. Now look, kids, I don't know what this is all about. But so come in. Well, here I am, Mr. Benny. I hope I didn't keep you waiting. Waiting? What do you want, mister? I've come for the $49,000 you owe me on the yacht. <laughs> what? What did you say? I said I've come for the $49,000 you owe me on the yacht. <laughs> All right, mister, you've had your little joke. Now, what do you want? I'm not joking. You bought a yacht, put a $1,000 deposit on it, and still owe me $49,000. I? I gave you $1,000? Let me see it. I will not. I'm keeping it right in my pocket. Now I know why I'm a butler and he's a yacht salesman. <laughs> Quiet, Rasha. This man is trying some swindle game, saying I bought a yacht. But, Jack, you yourself told us you bought it, and I think you'll get a lot of pleasure out now, of it. Now, you keep your big, fat mouth out of this. <laughs> Right, Jack. You ought to keep the yacht. Mary. Oh, you even named it after me. Never mind. And get your hands out of that candy. 
Now, look, mister, if you think you can swindle me... I'm not swindling you. You ordered the yacht, you paid a deposit, and I'll get the rest of that money if I had to sue you. Well, let me tell you something. You're not going well, to get... Well, here I am, Mr. Penny. I hope I ain't late for rehearsal. Mel Blake, what are you doing here? I don't need you on my show. Oh, but you hired me over the phone. You even raised my salary to $100. I? I? <laughs> I gave you... What's going on here, anyway? Do you think I'd pay $100 just to hear you imitate Al Jolson? Nah. Oh, shut up! <laughs> now, how about it, Benny? Am I going to get my $49,000, or do I call my lawyer? I don't care how many lawyers you call. You're not going to get any money out of me. But, Jack, it's only money. It's not as though he's taking your life's blood. Let me be the judge of that. <laughs> Now, mister, you better, you better return my deposit. I must have been out of my mind when I gave it to you. I wouldn't pay $50,000 for any crummy boat. Crummy? I'll have you know that some of the best men in this country own our yachts. Men like Humphrey Bogart, Robert Taylor, and Al Jolson. <laughs> now stop that! And get out! Out, both of you! Get out, get out, get out! Barry. Barry. What's going on around here anyway? Is everybody crazy? No, Jack. I, I don't blame you for being confused. Come on in the other room and I'll explain it to you. I wish you would. Hello? Hello, Susie. Our date is off tonight. I'm broke. Broke? Well, Rochester, I thought you said you had $20. Have you ever heard that expression, easy come, easy go? Uh -huh. Well, I've just had a personal demonstration. Goodbye. Mary, you mean I, I bought all those things just because I was hit on the head? Yes, Jack, but it's over now, so why don't you... I'll get it. Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny. This is the Beverly Hills supermarket. Yes? Uh, we were checking over our accounts, and we find that you've neglected to pay a small bill of 69 cents. 69 cents? What was that for? A large can of tomato juice. Well, uh, wait a minute. You sold me that can of tomato juice? Yes. I am suing you for $50,000. What? Goodbye. How did I ever get like this? This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Sometimes the Benny show, uh, which was done in front of a live audience, would run out of time, and boy, they'd have to end the show right now. Other times, they'd go on for like two minutes with just a musical filler, but they were obviously out of time tonight. <laughs> well, that was the Jack Benny show, and that was originally broadcast on CBS back on October the 9th in 1949, and the name of that one is uh, generally thought to be, or generally considered to be, Jack's Memory is Lost. It was a good one, wasn't it? I really like that uh, that story. A lot of interesting things on there. A lot of nostalgia. My goodness. Uh, just a couple things Jack mentioned. He mentioned Speedy Riggs. And every time I hear that name, I keep thinking it's an ice skater. <laughs> like one of those speed skaters in the Olympics. But we've talked about this before. Speedy Riggs was a, a tobacco auctioneer, and he's the one you hear in the Lucky commercial at the beginning of the of the show. He actually was a guest on the show at least once, probably more. And Jack would always kid uh, about Speedy Riggs because Lucky Strike was his sponsor for so long. How about some of the prices that were mentioned in the show tonight? 
Jack was going to spend $50,000 for a yacht. How big did they say it was? 59 foot? I forget exactly. But if you went yacht shopping today, what do you think a yacht would cost? A 50 to 60 foot yacht would start at about 650000 for the bargain basement, and it would go up to over $4 million. Okay? A 60 to 70 foot yacht, $1 million to $5.9 million. And if you went for an 80 to 100 foot yacht, you're starting at about $3 million and going all the way to $14 million. And Jack spent $250 for a bathrobe. That really seemed expensive to me, especially in 1949. I looked up Saks Fifth Avenue, which is, I don't know, I guess one of the more expensive stores I can think of. I guess I could have looked at Neiman Marcus. But a man's bathrobe today at Saks Fifth Avenue, not on sale, ranges from about $225 to $420. So if he spent $400, or no, $250 on a bathrobe back then, that was a lot. Oh, and then he gave Rochester $20. And when Rochester called his girlfriend, he said he was going to what take her out for a steak dinner and go dancing, and, and they're going to take a cab. Oh, my. I was listening to Johnny Dollar the other day. His cab fare someplace within the city was 75 cents, I think. <laughs> so I, maybe that was reasonable. But I thought to myself, what were the prices for a nice dinner back in 1949? So I looked up the Brown Derby in Hollywood. And what do you think the prices were in 1949? A filet mignon, how much do you think? Now, remember, this was at a, a very upscale restaurant, probably one of the more expensive restaurants in town. So this isn't, you know, Applebee's, all right? A filet mignon was $4. Fresh halibut with oysters, $1.75. Half a baked lobster thermidor. You don't even see lobster thermidor anymore. I used to like lobster thermidor, very rich. Two bucks. Half a baked lobster thermidor, two bucks. A whole broiled live lobster, $2.50. And then on the side, that's probably all a la carte. So on the side, you have to have a vegetable. A giant Idaho baked potato, 50 cents. A whole artichoke. (laughs) When's the last time you went into a restaurant and could order a whole artichoke? A whole artichoke with hollandaise sauce, 75 cents. Okay, a Cobb salad which was created by the Brown Derby, right? Uh, Legend has it that it was done in 1937, and it became a signature dish. It was named for the uh, restaurant's owner, Robert Howard Cobb. The story was that some of these movie stars would come in late at night, and the restaurant was getting ready to close, and they wanted something. And so Cobb didn't want to disappoint them, so he went into the kitchen and used whatever's available, and he came up with this salad. If you ever had a Cobb salad at the Brown Derby, it was very, very finely chopped. Almost too finely chopped for me. Not like you would think of a Cobb salad that you would get traditionally today. But the Brown Derby is the one that started it, and uh, it became a signature dish. Okay, what else was on the menu here? Um, a chef's salad was $1.50. Uh, let's see. And then for dessert, you got to have dessert, right? A piece of cherry pie, 50 cents. A piece of Derby cheesecake, 50 cents. Hot fruit and berry pie, Baked fresh every 30 minutes, 50 cents. Want ice cream for dessert? 40 cents. (laughs) So the prices have changed a lot. Then he mentioned uh, the movie Jolson Sings Again when he was talking to Mel Blanc. 
The Jolson story came out in 1947. It won two Oscars. It was nominated for four more. And then, sure enough, in 1949, they came out with the sequel, Jolson Sings Again. That movie came out that year, and Jack Benny was talking about it. And then he mentioned a strike and he, when he was talking about fresh pineapple. And didn't he say that he needed to get over there to get fresh pineapple in Hawaii before the strike ends? Well, it ends up that there was a longshoreman's strike in Hawaii that lasted for six months. And it ended in October of 1949, about a week or two weeks right after this show first aired. And get this, the workers in Hawaii uh, belonged to a longshoreman's union. And they were aware that the longshoremen on the west coast of the United States, they were loading and unloading the same cargo. The west coast employees were being paid how much do you think? Longshoremen's a good job, right? A good union job. They were being paid a dollar eighty-two an hour, whereas their their brethren in Hawaii were only being paid a dollar forty an hour, and so they wanted the same pay as the guys on the west coast. The employers insisted that wages should be determined by local condition, and uh, the employers had offered them a twelve cent pay raise, but they wanted what's the difference? Forty-two cents an hour is what they wanted. This thing went crazy. This was back when the whole communist thing was going crazy, right? The McCarthy era, and labor unions were, by many people, considered communist. So there was a local newspaper editor writing regular editorials about how the longshoremen were communist. People were picketing. Uh, there was violence. It said um, that at one point there was a, a riot, and 24 people were injured, including both police and union members. So, in solidarity with the Hawaiian longshoremen, 6,000 longshoremen in the continental United States refused to unload cargo. So, it really got crazy there for a while, but the strike did end that year, and uh, they got their, I, they got what they wanted. They got the equal pay, and a lot of people were upset about it, and there was a lot of unrest about it for a while after that. Just one last thing. Jack mentioned, uh, he said to the cab driver to take him to 360 North Camden Drive, like that was his home address. Jack Benny actually lived on Roxbury in Beverly Hills, and this is a most fascinating neighborhood. Let me tell you who lived on Roxbury in Beverly Hills. Uh, Okay, at 906 Roxbury lived Ginger Rogers. At 918 North Roxbury lived Jimmy and Gloria Stewart. At 921 Roxbury, I don't know who lived there back then. Uh, Later, it was Ricky Schroeder. At 1000 North Roxbury, it was Lucille Ball. At 1002 North Roxbury was Jack Benny. So isn't that funny that Jack Benny uh, always talked about living next door to the Coleman's and then later on his TV show, living next door to Jimmy and Gloria Stewart. In reality, he did live next door to, to Lucille Ball. And let me see. At 1004 North Roxbury lived Peter Falk. At, one, at 1015 North Roxbury lived Betty Grable. And uh, later that house was lived in by Diane Keaton. And uh, let's see, what are some of the others? Oh, at uh, 1019 North Roxbury, George Gershwin lived. And then later the house was sold to Rosemary Clooney and Jose Ferrer. And uh, their kids, it says, used to sell lemonade to tourists outside their home. At 905 Roxbury, uh, Oscar Levant. 
Jeannie Crane lived at 1017 North Roxbury. 1021 was Ira Gershwin, George's brother. At 1023 North Roxbury was Agnes Moorhead. Also, uh, Spencer Tracy had once lived there. At 1025 North Roxbury was Polly Bergen. At 800 Roxbury Drive was uh, Lionel Barrymore. At 809 Roxbury was Maureen O'Sullivan. And uh, 721 North Roxbury was Nelson Eddy. 708 Roxbury was Nanette Fabray. Uh, 518 Roxbury was Gilbert Rowland at one point. 806 North Roxbury, Frank Lovejoy, Nightbeat. Uh, 909 North Roxbury, Hal March. And 911 North Roxbury, Warner Baxter. <laughs> so that's quite a street. And you know, it's funny, when you talk about uh, the tour buses and whatnot that used to visit, even though I suppose they got annoying at times, they said a lot of these people didn't even feel the need to lock their doors, that they felt totally safe in that neighborhood. Now, apparently there was a curfew, and you were walking in that neighborhood in the, in the evening after dark. A policeman might stop you and ask you for identification. And if you didn't live on that street, they would escort you out. And, you know, I guess that's understandable with all of these celebrities that live there. But my goodness. But some fun stories. And here's just one really fun story. This was in Vanity Fair back in 2008. And it said, One ordinary evening when the world was still young, the telephone rang at 1000 North Roxbury Drive in Beverly Hills, just as the family who lived there was sitting down to dinner. It was the next-door neighbor wondering if the family was home and asking the man of the house to leave the back door open. A few minutes later, the unmistakable sounds of America's most famous bad violinist came floating through the big white colonial house, and Jack Benny strolled into the dining room in his trademark gypsy scarf. The hostess, a redhead by the name of Lucille Ball, collapsed in laughter, and her husband Gary Morton offered the perennial 39-year-old a tip, which Benny took, totally straight-faced. And then he runs out the front door because he knows just how long he has before the next tour bus uh, goes by for him to get home. And the next thing we hear is his voice yelling, Mary, oh Mary, because he's locked out. And then the next bus comes up and imagine what those people must have thought as they witnessed Jack Benny locked out of his own house with his gypsy violin. <laughs> what a great story. That story was recalled by Lucy Arnaz, the daughter of Lucille Ball. Uh, they must have had a lot of fun. But they did. They talked about, and now these stars that live out there, what do they do? They they have uh, cameras every place and huge fences, and, and, and rightfully so, because they're, they're afraid. They live in fortresses. But back then, they said it was just a neighborhood, albeit a fancy one. And the neighbors knew each other and liked one another and got along and felt completely safe. Things have changed since 1949. Sometimes it feels like This world's gone crazy Grandpa Take me back to yesterday Where 
When the line between right and wrong Didn't seem so hazy Did lovers really fall in love to stay Stand beside each other and come what may Promise really something people kept Not just something they would say Families really bowed their heads to pray Daddies really never go away Oh, oh, Grandpa, tell me about the good old going to kick things in the head for 
Monday, April the 5th, 2021. Hope you enjoyed our old-time radio comedy. Uh, We will be back tomorrow with an old-time radio drama, and on Wednesday with a detective or mystery story, and on Thursday with a western. We really want to thank you for what you guys are doing. Our numbers are going up, 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 which is really nice. Now, I mean, we don't have, you know, we're not listeners. We don't have millions of listeners, but we have several thousand. And uh, this last couple of weeks, it has gone up uh, precipitously. And I'm not sure exactly why, but I do thank you. And uh, if you like the show, I would appreciate it if you would uh, uh, give a, a shout out to your friends and let them know about it. But also if you would just... Uh, Uh, Give us a star rating or a comment on any podcast service that you happen to listen to the show on. And that would be that would be greatly appreciated. Well, we went out with the Judds earlier tonight, so we are just going to bid you adieu now and uh, see you tomorrow. Take care, everybody. This is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you stopped by and I am so glad you met me. (music) 